You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So we have Matt DeAngelis, a Broadway actor who is in the ensemble for Waitress the Musical, which just opened on Broadway September 4th. Before that, Matt made his Broadway debut in Diane Paulus's revival of Hair. Other productions Matt has worked on include the first national tour of American Idiot, first national tour of Once, And Matt came back to Broadway with another Diane Paula show alongside Jesse Mueller and the rest of the amazing original Broadway cast of Waitress. He also went out on tour with Waitress alongside Christine Dwyer, his real-life wife. There are so many things on Matt's resume that I couldn't fit in this short intro, but he is amazing, and I was fortunate enough to see him on the road right before he left, and I'm so excited to have him here today. Hi, Matt. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm fantastic. Last last show of the week, uh, my first week back on Broadway. It's crazy. That is crazy. Um, so I want to start out with questions about being back on Broadway. Um, how does it feel to be a part of one of the first musicals to be back open? It feels insane. Like truly, we had nine standing ovations on opening night. One was before the show even started. Um, I've been telling people I, I thought I'd be more excited. I'm not excited. I'm I'm so overwhelmed by gratitude, you know? It's not like this kind of a <gasps> energy. I mean, it was really exciting that first night. Like it was so electric. But I'm just every time I look out there and there's people in the seats after everything we've all been through, I I'm just so grateful to be one of the people who's bringing back this thing that I love. I've given my entire adult life to the American Musical Theater and I'm just so grateful that I get to be one of the people who helps bring it back. Yeah. Um, I've been so fascinated watching the rehearsal videos and all that kind of stuff coming back. And I just wanted to ask you, as a person who's been a part of those rehearsals, what guidelines did you have to follow coming back in a pandemic? So many. <laughs> so many. It was it was crazy. Um, testing every week, um, you know, masking in certain areas of the building. The building itself that we rehearsed in had to have certified that it upgraded its ventilation systems. Every floor of the studio, a different musical was was rehearsing on each floor. We were only allowed to be on our own floor. Each floor had its own, like, um, like unique airflow system. So, like, the air from the second floor wasn't circulating with the air from the fourth floor kind of thing. Um, Everybody had to be vaccinated. Um, it, It was intense. Now it's actually we have to test twice a week now that we're open, so it's pretty wild. That that seems like a lot to deal with coming back. So have you felt any pressure doing any of that and making sure that Broadway has the safest return it can? I mean, 
honestly, after 18 months of not working, um, the pressure that I feel is to not get sick so I can keep getting paid. For me, it's like the, I feel a responsibility to do well. I feel a responsibility, even though like there is no stage door, like anytime I've had any interactions with any fans or anything, like I try to take extra time and extra care because I know people are excited that it's back, me included, you know. Um, it's been really cool talking to other actors who are excited that things are coming back too. Um, but really the only pressure that I feel is, is to stay healthy myself, you know, wear my mask when I'm supposed to wash my hands, do all the things because I don't want to get sick because I haven't been paid in 18 months. So that part is, it's, it's really an odd feeling when you're a person who's used to getting a paycheck every Friday to not have, you know, we taught, we, we did master classes and concerts and whatever, but like, it's a, it's a really weird feeling to be back in the grind again and be just like, okay, we do eight shows and we get a paycheck and eight shows and a paycheck and eight shows. And it's, it, it feels so far away, but so familiar at the same time. So that's the pressure that I feel. Yeah. And I think that's understandable, um, to feel that kind of pressure. Um, but so you've been on tour as well, as I mentioned in your introduction, um, what have you found more rewarding as an actor being on tour and going around and bringing that to everyone around the country or just sitting down at a theater or on Broadway? Rewarding is a funny word. Both things are awesome. And I'm, I'm lucky to have been able to do both things. I love people. I love bars and restaurants and sporting events in other cities. Like, it's cool to travel around. But, you know, being in a Broadway show is cool because I get to sleep in my own house. <laughs> you know? Um, but at this point, like, I would love... Touring is exhausting. Um, and I, I kind of, before the pandemic had kind of told myself that I was going to not tour for a while. Um, but after all of this and not being able to travel and I can't wait to do another tour. I really can't. I, it's, I, I, both things are incredible. And, and at this point between my wife and I, I think we figured out we've done almost 5,000 performances on the road in our careers. And, you know, and I think I've done, people doing some rough math in my head, like two 2,200, 2,300 shows on the road, something, somewhere in there. And I have like an intimate working knowledge of like most U.S. cities now. Like every time I go to Chicago or Portland or Seattle or Dallas or Austin or Atlanta or wherever, I'm like, oh, I got to go down to this place and get this sandwich that I like. And, you know, like I, I feel like a, a lot of major cities anyway, like places where you have a car and aren't taking public transportation. Like, you know, if you're in a city and you get a rental car with the company or whatever, like, I know my way around. Like, I don't need to use Google Maps in a lot of these cities. I've played most of the, what we call the A markets and the B markets, which are like the big cities. And then the other, like Austin, Texas is like a B market because it's a big city, but it's not as big as Chicago. Chicago is what they call an A market. Like I've been to all those A and B markets like four times. And, you know, and you sit down there for a while, you get to know the place. So I really am looking forward to getting back out on the road at some point. Um, but then again, you know, it's an honor to be walking to the Barrymore Theater every day from my house and performing in a historic place and, and reopening, you know, it's all great. I'm just, I, like I said, about the paycheck thing from before, it's like, I just, I, anytime I can get a check for being an actor, I am thrilled. That's what, that's what it always comes down to for me is like, look, there's the romantic part of it and I love being an actor, but it's a privilege to be paid to act. You know what I mean? There's people who are like digging ditches and roofing houses and stuff back in Boston where my wife and I are both from and I get to sing and dance for a living. So I, no matter where you want to pay me to act, I'll go do it. I still can't wrap my head around the 3000 shows on the road. It's a lot. 
It's a lot. I wish I had been better about banking my frequent flyer miles. I'd be able to. I'd be able to fly to space by now. Probably, like ticket to the moon, automatic. automatic. <laughs> exactly. Um, what's something that you learned on tour that you don't think you could have learned sitting down in a theater? Um, you know what? Especially, I think touring a show, like touring. I've toured shows that are like about real things, like heart things and politics things and like hair, for instance, and waitress is about domestic violence and, you know, feminism. And I, it's so easy in New York to think that everybody who lives in the Midwest or the South is dumb or mean or racist or this or that, you know, America's political system is in turmoil at the moment. And I understand why, but what I find when I tour that you can't learn in a place like New York, where everybody is pretty much left and liberal, right? Is that it's like there's an old saying, like a person is smart, but people are dumb, right? And like most people, especially people that are coming to see musicals, are nice. Now, you may disagree with them politically or socially or whatever, right? But like most people are just trying to like put their kids through college and put food on the table and stuff. And, and people are kind, generally. And, you know, you get behind your computer and you're watching the news and people are storming the Capitol or whatever. And it's really hard to remember that like most people out there are are good. And I think that's been the biggest thing that touring has taught me is that no matter how you might disagree with somebody, most people are well-intentioned and kind-hearted. Um, I never thought of touring teaching that to someone, but that does make sense. Yeah. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. So once a show is running, what's the schedule for a week? How much rehearsal do you have? All that kind of stuff. Well, um, our show is pretty unique um, on Broadway because we rehearse more than most shows. We rehearse, and I don't, I, we haven't started the internal rehearsal schedule for this new run, but before, we would rehearse every week, every Thursday, for four, for three hours. Um, and then, depending on who's out or who coverage or, you know, oh my gosh, this person has never been taught this track and this person's out before we thought they'd be out. We have auxiliary rehearsals for that. And then you usually have, you know, rehearsals for if you're going to perform on GMA or if you're going to perform on the Tonys or whatever, you have rehearsals for that. We have no idea what's coming up with that this year for us. We're dreading the thought of having, after how hard rehearsals were, 
and how out of practice we all are from rehearsing because we've been on our butts for 18 months. We have no idea what's coming. Um, but for us too, you know, then like at Waitress, a lot of people came in and out. So then we'd have a Thursday and Friday because Friday would be the put in for whatever, you know, like Colleen Ballinger or Todrick Hall or Katie Lowe's or Al Roker or any of the celebrities that came into our show. Um, we would have rehearsals for them too on top of the normal understudy rehearsal. So we were a pretty weird, most shows, like when I was in Hair, for instance, so Nancy Harrington, who's Diane's associate director on Waitress, was my production stage manager on my Broadway debut in Hair. You know, what is it, 12, 13 years, no, yeah, 12 years ago. And um, she was big on like, as long as you knew your stuff, and as long as you weren't making mistakes when you went on, she didn't like to over-rehearse people. But Tom, our stage manager here, is super old school, and he's like, even if you know it, we're going to be doing it all the time. So it's like a well-oiled machine. So I've had both, but we rehearse once a month at hair, unless something crazy happened. And we rehearse once a week at Waitress. Um, so I read on your website that you went to the University of Southern Maine and the Boston Conservatory. Yes. Um, do you think that education was a big part of your success now? Yeah. I think everything, every place that you learn is a big part of your success. I did not uh, finish either school. I dropped out of both places. Um, but I was kind of in a place in my life where I didn't really know how to do the work. I didn't know how to study. I didn't know how to not stick to it. Cause I always went, I knew I was going to be an actor, but I don't know. I was a little bit undisciplined back then. And um, so I think for me in that point in my life, dropping out of college and moving to New York was sort of what I needed to do. And even my learning didn't stop just because I dropped out of college, right? Like, I, I've Fran Charnas and Michelle Chasse and Allison Lieberman, like all my teachers at Boston Conservatory taught me Steve McConnell was like the smartest actor I've ever been around in my life. So like I had some really, really great teachers, but I still stay in touch with my teachers at USM. I, I did a, we did a master class from the musical theater department at University of Southern Maine in the pandemic. So, you know, yeah, I also started mostly as a singer. Like I did plays and musicals and stuff, but like I, it took me a lot longer. Like I didn't consider myself an actor until I was in my thirties. Like, you know, and I was always the guy who could really sing and was like charismatic or whatever. But like, I didn't have a lot of like acting chops, you know? Um, and going to the someplace like the Boston Conservatory where a bunch of people were coming in a lot further advanced than I was as an actor. Like I learned from them. I learned from my teachers. I learned from the students. I learned from, being in shows in Boston, I learned from moving to New York. I learned from people I've dated, people I've met. I've learned from everybody. The best actor I've ever worked with is my wife. So I get that every day. My wife is literally sitting right over there, and she literally just dabbed when I said that. She dabbed because she's 100 years old. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's it like having someone like Christine as your wife and there for you through your career? It's horrible! No, I'm. Um, it's the best. Um <laughs> uh no i'm I'm married to my best friend and and my favorite actor it's really it's great um it's cool being with somebody who understands the work it it's cool being with somebody who um can help me with auditions and, and vice versa um it's really fun coaching with her we're both good actors but we have very different styles of teaching and so we we work well together when we teach it was unbelievable it was an unbelievable blessing to be able to travel and and do waitress with her everybody's like was it hard playing those mean scenes between no it was the most fun i've ever had on a stage in my life 
because we trust each other so much and we respect each other so much. I have never been a better actor than I was in those scenes with Christine. So it's, it's pretty dope. Everyone out there should marry Christine Dwyer. Yeah. And she just dabbed again. Okay. I don't think anyone has dabbed in five years, so two is making up for it. Yeah, so she's she's dabbed a hundred percent of the time. Anybody's dabbed. Actually, Drew Galing now puts it puts a dab in the show. He does a Dr. Pomander dabs now. It's really funny. At what point? He goes. Uh, you know the part when when she's like uh, when he tells her that her doctor is no longer in, in, seeing patients or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, she's like, uh, well, maybe you can really like and trust me too. And she's like, well, it doesn't happen that fast, but I'll try. And he goes, oh. Good. Great. I'm your doctor. <laughs> he, like, deep It's really funny. It's so good. And, like, Drew Galing is, like, arm. He's, like, all arms and legs. So when he dabs, it's, like, it's hilarious. I bet that gets a nice laugh every night. Oh, well, everything Drew does gets a nice laugh every night. The man is a genius. Um, so I walked through in your introduction some of the shows you've done. And um, then we talked about your college. Other than that, what was your career path to Broadway and tours and all that kind of stuff? Um, well, I mean, when I, right before I got the call to make my Broadway debut, um, I was uh, in Florida on vacation with a, with a girlfriend that I, I had at the time. And, um, I had just borrowed $500 from my parents that they didn't have. And I was 26 years old. And I was like, I can't, like, it wasn't hitting as, you know, I moved to New York when I was 20. So it like wasn't hitting. And I had, and I, then I was like starting to look at apartments in Orlando because I was like, I still want to perform. Maybe I'll go work at Disney. Like I didn't know. Um, and I got the call. It was a Friday. I got the call for my audition on ha- for Hair. I went in on a Sunday. I was in rehearsals on Tuesday, like starting a Broadway show. So that was pretty wild. And that was sort of like the universe, I think, being like, no, 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 wait a minute. We got you. Um, and then I just did that show forever. I mean, I did it for a year on Broadway. Then I did it for six months on the West End. Then I did it for 16 months on the road, including a trip back to Broadway. So, and then I did, and then I did it, I got scooped up by American Idiot right after that. And then I didn't work for a minute. Um, I was waiting tables for a while. And then I did the two and a half years on once. So all told, like between 2009, when I booked hair in the summer of 2009, until December of 2015, right before I met my wife, uh, I was working, except for like, I think I had like eight months of waiting tables in the middle there. Um, you know, but to be honest, I kind of, I got really emotional when I, when I got, went back to, when I got waitress the first time, because Broadway is very, very special. And, you know, you start to play head games with yourself. I was like, well, maybe, maybe I'm just good enough to book tours and not, they don't want me on Broadway. Not that tours are worse. Tours are great. You know, like it's a, it's a chance to bring Broadway theater to the masses. It's amazing. But I don't know. I, I was like, I was getting close on some Broadway stuff and not getting it. And then I was unbelievably lucky to be able to book the tours that I booked, but I was like, I want to be back on Broadway, you know? And the first one feels lucky. The second one feels like, it just feels different. You, you feel like you earned it more. It, it like proves that the first one wasn't a fluke, you know? And so I was so grateful to be back that second. It like validated my journey and all the hard work that I've put in. It was it was unbelievably special to get that call to do. And and I joked with Diane at opening tonight. Well, no, I, love, I was like, I was like, everything I've been able to afford in my life, like things that I've bought have been because of Diane Paulus. I mean, like Christine did Fine Neverland with Diane and Waitress. I did Hair and Waitress. Like we just, we owe her so much. And um, it's just so special that somebody that brilliant has trusted me more than once. <laughs> you know, it really, it really does mean a lot that, that Jesse Nelson and Sarah Bareilles and Diane and the team at Waitress trusted me again this second time. 
too. It, it just, it means, it means a lot to be back at the diner. Yeah. Um, so we're getting into some of my last questions. Um, is there any advice that you want to pass on to any listeners that want to make it to Broadway or on tours or just in theater in general? Be nice and be on time. Be kind to others. Even if you don't make it, you'll be a good person, number one. Um, and be honest with yourself about how bad you want it. You have to work hard like you just do. And working hard means different things. It means going to the gym for some people. It means like making a bunch of TikTok videos for other people. It means the, the work, you know, everybody likes to roll their eyes at influencers on social media or whatever. And Christine and I don't really do that. We're a little too old for it, but that's hard work. Those people put in the hours. They're doing, they're, they're creating the creative capital. People like you who do podcasts, you're doing the work. So be honest with yourself about how bad you want it. And then you've got to work your butt off. Like it's just, it is a, it is like a, a direct equation. Success is measured in how hard you work. Like it just is. Now you might not hit on every opportunity, but if you're putting yourself in positions where you're prepared and you know, and you're outworking people, success will follow you. And and don't make that effort competitive. For any sports fans who listen, I'm not sure if you have a lot of crossover, but I'm one. Theater's not like football. You at football you look and you go, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill that guy. I'm gonna beat up you. You're I'm gonna beat you. Theater to me is more like golf. There are other people playing, but you're playing against the course. You want to get the best score you can possibly get. And hopefully, your score is better than somebody else's score on that day, right? But your main opponent is the course, is the material, is your audition packet, is the song, is the role, right? You're, you're, not, you're not competing with Steve who's sitting next to you, right? If Steve gets the job, it wasn't your turn. It was Steve's turn. And I, I can't stress that enough. Like having, having grace and genuine kindness and support for other people who get jobs that you wanted you know it, it really because all all it does is poisoning it poisons your spirit if you're if you're petty about oh I, i'm better than him <laughs> like it just like it poisons your spirit so work hard be nice and don't be late that's amazing um finally is there anything else that you want to add before we wrap up the episode um, yeah, I mean, if anybody out there is looking for um, coachings, I mean, auditions are starting to come back at, at local community theaters and at Broadway theaters across America. So, you know, uh, Christine and I run The Working Studio, which is a musical theater coaching business for auditions and stuff. And um, it's www.theworkingstudio.net online. Um, you can also email us at theworkingstudionyc at gmail.com. And for anybody out there who's looking for strictly vocal training, we are also the acting coaches at the Noel Smith Voice Studio in Massachusetts for any New England students that you have. But also she does digital lessons as well. And she is just the best in the business. She's been Christine's voice teacher since Christine was like 10 years old. So um, that's noelvoicestudio.com. noelvoicestudio.com. So I can't recommend that enough. And um, yeah, that's uh, we love to have young people, and we've been really turning our focus to younger students, like high school and junior high school age during this pandemic. Um, and it's been unbelievably exciting for us to sort of help young people become more and more talented and passionate about what we love. It's been great. Yeah, and I'll add all of those links and contact to the description of the episode. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for being here, and have a great show today. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome, and keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much. See you later. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.